fitted and dedicated. One of the things that uh, bothers me, this is a lesson and more of a lecture, that one of the worst things is somebody that pretends to be something that they're not. And one of the things that, that bother, should bother us is that sometimes a person pretends to be your friend and they're not your friend. Or sometimes people pretend to be, to give you something and they're not. I remember when I was a kid, the first time that I ever really heard uh, about Pretender was a song, I think it was the Platters, that used to sing a song called, Oh Yes, I'm the Great Pretender, pretending that I'm doing well, but I'm not, you see, what I pretend to be. I'm wearing my face as a veil. And so I, when we used to kind of sing that song with them. It was a lot of meaning for that. That was about somebody that was pretending they were all right and they weren't all right. And so sometimes when we look in, in the church, we see that you'll ask people, how you doing? Oh, I'm all right. And they pretending that they're all right, but they're not all right. And then a lot of times we'll see in this uh, lecture later, <clears throat> pretend, people pretend to say they're going to do something for a moment. And then the next thing you know, they start cheating on that thing that they pretended to be or that they made a commitment to do. All right, and we're gonna talk about two or three examples and then we're gonna end it with Jesus. There's a, a, a pretender is somebody who uh, does a false belief or somebody who is acting as if they're going to do something and not do it. Somebody that pretends that they're honoring something and really not do it. And we can see that one of the things that bothers me, this is not political, but it is political, that if I was to run for an office and I ran for that office, I wouldn't, you know, uh, I wouldn't say the first thing, I wouldn't say that I'm a Democrat or Republican, I am a Christian. So if I'm a Christian, then the way I would vote would be the voting for the people and for what was the best for the people and not follow along with the party because the party could just be pretending that they care about the people, but they're really under the Democratic thing or the Republican thing. You understand what I'm saying? And so I don't like that pretending thing. We're going to go for Acts 19, 10, and 16, and uh, we're going to talk about that and uh, about some people pretending. Now, now, Paul was a very powerful, powerful, powerful person. And we're going to see in here that Paul was very, very powerful, powerful person. Get that down in your head. Paul was a very powerful person. So then we're going to read in here where somebody tried to think or act or pretend that they had the same power that Paul had. And it happens in the church all the time. Uh, I was uh, listening to Brother T.D. Jakes. <clears throat> you know, he has this big arena. And his wife stands in the middle of the aisle and there's nobody in there but his sound people way back in the back. And his wife was there and he was saying that people were asking him how did he preach in an empty church. And he said, I started out preaching in an empty church. <laughs> so it didn't really bother him. He didn't have to pretend that he was preaching to an empty church because he had already preached in an empty church before. Do you understand? So he didn't have to pretend that people were in the pews. They didn't put pictures of people in the pews. He had already been there. So what he's saying is, is I tell my people, to if, if when you speak, speak with two like it's 200. Speak to 200 like it's two. Because the message is right just as important for two as it for 200. But some people can't do that. You see, they have to have the crowd. So here we go. Acts 19, 10 and 16, NIV. Yes, verse, starting with verse 10. This went on for two years so that all Jews and Greeks who lived in the province of Asia heard the word of the Lord. 
God did extraordinary miracles through Paul. Now here you go. Uh, the, the Jews had heard it, they'd heard about it, and Paul done extraordinary miracles through Paul. You got to get that. God did extraordinary uh, miracles through Paul. And you know, and, and you know, Paul was a, wow, when you get to reading about Paul, Paul had it going on. God had given him a lot of power, okay? And? So that even handkerchiefs and aprons that had touched him were taken to the sick and their illnesses were cured and the evil spirits left them. Now see, here's the thing, and you see this. Now Paul, the Bible says Paul could take handkerchiefs and aprons and, and, and he would anoint them, I guess, or what, and he could put it on the sick and it would cure them and evil spirits that would leave them. And you see it now, I'm not criticizing, but I am kind of criticizing. This is why you see on TV a lot of time, people would be sending handkerchiefs and, and uh, of course you had to pay for them, but they have handkerchiefs and, and aprons and all of this stuff. And people, they will use this scripture to say that, well, Paul done this so we can do this. But Paul was anointed to do this. So sometimes, I tell you all here, if, uh, sometimes uh, you give me an apron or a handkerchief, I might just be giving you a handkerchief back. You see, I'm not going to pretend that, that, that I can touch a handkerchief Oh, you understand what I'm saying? And give it to you, and it's going to do what Paul done in the scriptures. Because if the Holy Spirit hasn't anointed me to be able to have that type of power by anointing things, and because God can work through things, but he can only, he'll only work through the things that he's anointed folks, right, that bless those things. Not because you read it in the scriptures. Well, if Paul done this, I can do this. <clears throat> All right, y'all with me? Verse 13, some Jews went around driving out evil spirits, tried to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who were demon possessed. So some of the Jews were going around doing the same thing that Paul was doing. Stay with me. And, 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 and boy, they, they thought they were really getting it on. But look what happens here. You want to get this message? They would say, in the name of Jesus, who Paul preaches, I command you to come out. And they would say, well, in the name of Jesus, who Paul preaches, I command you to come out. Be like some of you all saying, in the name of Jesus, who Johnny Fields preaches, come out. You see? But yeah, they were just talking about, in the name of Jesus, who Paul preaches, come out. They're telling the demons this. Well, maybe he, we don't know. We'll read the story. Maybe those demons were afraid of them because they were using the name of Jesus, who Paul preached. All right? Seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish priest, were doing this. Mm-hmm. One day the evil spirit answered them. Well, if you keep playing to, there's no saying, if you keep playing to the fire, you're going to get burnt. And so it says one day while they were doing that, they were out there messing and playing around with them demons, playing church. And what happened? Jesus I know and Paul I know about, but who are you? Now the demons looked at them because the demons looked and said, uh, I know about Jesus and I know about Paul. Who are you? In other words, who you think that you can come down here and do what Jesus and Paul done? You see, because if you read through the Gospels, demons recognized, demons recognized Jesus before people recognized Jesus. <clears throat> That's in the scripture. So the demons already knew uh, there'd be sometimes Jesus walking in. They, they say, holy one, don't don't come. And who you come to torment us? They would say that. And so these guys see, see, sometimes it's not good to try to do something that somebody else is doing. 
And it happens in the church big time because someone else is doing it and it seems like a good thing to do. And so these guys saw some preacher who was anointed to do it, Paul in this one. And so since Paul could do it and he's doing it in the name of Jesus, we're going to go down there and mimic the same thing Paul was doing. And we're going to tell these demons, you get out of this, you know what, get out of this people or heal these people in the same name that Paul and Jesus were doing. Come on here. And what did the demons do? Because, you know, demons will question you. It's, it's amazing that there are people that doesn't, in churches, they don't have the spirit of discerning, but demons have the spirit of discerning. They know who's real and who ain't real. All right? Verse 16. Then the man who had the evil spirit jumped who? on them. Well, then the man who had the evil spirit jumped on them, overpowered them all. Now listen, they were down in church preaching. We'll say church preaching and doing all this stuff in front of all those people. And them demons... Jumped on them and what happened? And overpowered them all. And overpowered them. So if the demons overpowered them, that lets you know that they didn't have any power. Because demons can't overpower the power of Jesus Christ. Or anybody that's anointed in the name of Jesus Christ. All right? So sometimes it's not good to try to do something that you saw somebody else do. Because you may not have that anointing. You better be sure, especially when you start laying your hands on people and praying for folks, you better be sure that you have the anointing before you lay hands on people and try to cast demons out of people. You see, you can read this whole book from the front to the back, but that doesn't give you the power. The Holy Spirit gives you the power and the anointing. And all Christians don't have the power and the anointing to cast out demons. That is a special anointing that's given to a few. All right, here we go. He gave them such a beating that he gave they them a ran. beat down. Not like that. Let's do this. He gave them a beat down. These demons beat him down and they ran out of the house naked. He beat them so bad. They ran out of the house naked, bleeding and covered in bruise. Trying to be something, Brother Trevor, that they weren't anointed to be. That's why when I tell people in here, sometimes people get to feeling full of themselves and they don't don't come up here and try to do what pastor does because mm-hmm. you don't know what pastor's anointing is, you see? And if you notice me, very few times will pastor ever do the anointing. When pastor does the anointing, I'm talking about me, you know it's a special anointing because he don't do it every Sunday because that anointing's not with me every Sunday to do that. So I stay with the spirit. When the spirit says do a special anointing, anoint the people, I anoint the people because I ain't trying to get all beat up and running out here naked, bleeding and bruised up. That's right. You understand what I'm saying? There's been a many a person, yes, there has been a many a person that's watched TV and watched some of these healers on TV mm-hmm. and they thought that they could do that because they were Christian yeah. or, or and especially in some of the churches that we know, they don't, I don't care what they robe you with or what title they give you. A man-made title won't scare demons. Okay. Demons ain't scared of no man-made title. Demons ain't scared because you called reverend or bishop uh, or uh, deacon or whatever. They ain't scared of that. They're only afraid of those that have the power of the blood of Jesus Christ of Nazareth and anointed to lay their hands on people. And every Christian doesn't have that. Every Christian can pray for someone, but every Christian doesn't have the power to do that. So here we go, because we don't want to play church. Sometimes we have people playing. I call that playing church. We're not going to play church in here. Period. All right, so we see that. So that's just one thing. So don't get caught up in your man-made title. You see, don't get caught up in what you see somebody else see. 
You see, uh, when Isaac's singing up here, when, uh, when he's singing down there, I was singing that song with my mask on. You see, I'd, you see, it would have been, you all would have went into tears if you'd heard me singing that song. Because I'm not anointed to sing that song. But you see, the, the Bible says make a joyful noise, right? But this ain't in a church service, it ain't time for a joyful noise. See, that's the bathroom. The shower, you know what I'm saying? I can make a joyful noise, but y'all don't want to hear joyful noise. You want to hear someone is anointed with the singing. Amen. Do you understand what it is? All right, y'all with me? We want to laugh, have a good time, but we want to we want to do it right in here. Don't 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 get to thinking you have power that you don't have. All right, because it's a lie. See, see, one of the things with the with the word I send to pretending the the, the pretender is really we just, it's a lie. Is somebody living a lie. That's what a pretender is. A pretender is somebody living a lie. It is somebody pretending to be something that they're not. And it's a lot of it in the churches. There's a lot of people in the church that are pretending to be something that they're not because they don't have the anointing to do that. All right, are y'all with me? And the definition of that, that's a good uh, way to segue into it. Lying is to make an untrue statement with intent to deceive. See, they're, they're making, see, some people are lying and they're making an untrue statement to deceive who? To deceive you. We don't want anybody to create any false uh, 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 things, impressions in here. We're only looking for honesty in here. Amen. Right? You're looking for that for me and I'm looking for that from you. Do you understand what I'm saying? Am I doing all right? Amen. Okay. Okay, now from Acts chapter 5, verse 1 through 11 from the NIV. Right, and I'm not rushing. It's just that I'm feeling good about teaching here. Now, one of the things they do when I don't like, uh, we don't take up an offering in this church. You all know that, and we haven't. And the reason I don't like that is because I went to a church, and they said they, they wanted the people who, the tithe pairs to come up, and the tithe pairs came up. And the next thing they said, those want to get fitted true. $50 and then, 20, then the rest of you. And so I don't like that outwardly. I don't like an outwardly thing because when you do that outwardly, I can't think of that what they do when they uh, want money and they raise money in churches and they ask people to give, there's a word for it. Uh, I can't even think the name of it. You all know what it is. Uh, they say, you, one person get up and say, well, I'm, I'm gonna donate a thousand or 10,000, all of these things and uh, 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 pledges. Yeah, but pledges, when people give pledges, we've never done that in there. Because when you do that and people get embarrassed, some people will pledge uh, more than they really have and they get caught up into it and they sit there and they look at somebody else pledging something and they feel that they have to do it. And so they'll make that pledge. And then the next thing you know that they don't have the money. And so that becomes a lie. So, so I would rather uh, not do that and, uh, and let that just be between you and God. Because listen to me, if you make a pledge to the church, if you make a pledge to the church and say, I, I, and, you know, because you prayed about it and the preacher's done prayed and, and you're excited and you say you're going to pledge $1,000, then you got to remember you made that pledge and that commitment. And the Bible said it's better not to make a vow than to make one, it's in the Proverbs, and not go through it. So when you get home, you find out that you don't have that kind of money and you've pledged that, then uh, you've got yourself in some trouble with God because you pledged it to God, not the pastor. Amen. 
All right, so let's see what happens. I'm trying to get you to understand here what, what God thinks about, okay, people who make pledges and can't keep them. So you're better off not making a pledge than to make one. So first one, we heard about what Satan thinks about people who are pretending. He beats them up. <laughs> yeah, that's what y'all just got to read in that scripture. Satan beats him up, right? He beats him up and sends him naked and bruised and wounded. Well, Eve, 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 let's, see what, let's see what God thinks about uh, someone who makes a pledge. And, 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 and keep. So you got to understand, they were making pledges here, because I don't think I got that written down. They were making pledges here, and a couple of people, a husband and wife, said that they would sell their land and give everything from the sale to the church. Here it is, up earlier there when you read it, they said, nobody asked them to do that. They said, here's the key word, they said, mm -hmm. uh, uh, the husband and wife said, we're going to sell our land and, and we're going to give it to you all mm -hmm. in the name of God. What happens here? Here we go. Acts 5, 1 through 11. Yes, verse 1. Now a man named Ananias, together with his wife, Sapphira, also sold a piece of property. All right. So uh, uh, Ananias, and I won't try his wife's name. You see, Ananias is first. Husband first, the husband and wife said they, they sold there, they sold that uh, piece of property, okay? And guess what happens? They, they sold it. If you go up early and if you keep reading the story and you look in it and they say, we're going to give all this money from this property that we sell to the church, all of it. Mm -hmm. Here we go. With his wife's full knowledge, he kept back part of the money for himself. Now, wait a minute. Now, he said he was going to give it all to the church, but he kept some back for himself and his wife had full knowledge of it. All right. But now they both earlier said they're gonna sell it and give it to the church. But now he, he kept back for some of the money and uh, she knew that. All right, here we go. But brought the rest and put it at the apostles' feet. Now, but they took some of it, took the rest and put it at the apostles' feet, said, you know, we made a pledge. We were gonna sell this land and, and you know, I don't know what they were going to do. Uh, uh, we're getting ready to build a church. We're getting ready to do something. And here's the money that we got from selling the land as we promised. And they put it at the apostles' feet. All right. Then Peter said, Ananias, how is it that Satan has filled your heart? Now, whoa, wait a minute. Now, Peter had the, the discerning spirit. He had a discerning spirit. So the Holy Spirit must reveal to Peter that Ananias had, wait a minute, that Ananias didn't do all he said he was going to do. And the Bible says, Ananias, he said to him, how did Satan, yes, fill your heart? That you have lied to the Holy Spirit. That's why people need to be careful in church. You ain't, you ain't lying to the pastor. You ain't lying. No, you lying to the Holy Spirit. And that's, that's not a good thing. And have kept you, oh, go ahead and read, please. Ananias, how, have you, how is it that Satan has filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and have kept for yourself some of the money you received for the land? He said, why, why would you lie? Why would you lie and kept, yes. So the Holy Spirit had to reveal uh, uh, to Peter here that, wait a minute, that these people are lying. So why would you lie and just put partial of something you said you were going to do? You see, my father used to say, Sylvester used to say years ago, your word is your bond. Yes. Amen. I'll never forget that. He used to say your word down in, when I grew up down in Lacine, Kansas, he used to say your word is a bond because people didn't do like they did today. They said they're going to do something and people expect him to do that. Right. He used to tell us, I grew up saying your word is your bond. Okay. Right. These people lied. All right. 
Verse 4, didn't it belong to you before it was sold? This is yours in the first place. And after it was sold, wasn't the money at your disposal? Right, the money's at your disposal. You could have went up and said, well, I, ain't gonna, I changed my mind. But the money was at your disposal. What made you think to do such a thing? Mm -hmm. You have not lied just to human beings, but you lied to God. So what, what, what are you doing? You see? Probably other people were around and they said they had done this and he was trying, maybe they were trying, maybe he was trying to impress somebody. Well, look, I sold the land and look at me. I'm going to, here's the money. And he didn't think anybody would know. But God knows. God knows. When Ananias heard this, he fell down and died. Woo! When and Ananias fell this, he did. Good God. He fell down and died. That's what God thinks of people who pretend to be something they're not, who pretend to give more uh, less than they said they were giving. This is in the Bible, people. They fell down and he fell down and died. And great fear seized all who heard ha what had happened. I know that's right. <laughs> yeah. Brother dropped down, <laughs> dropped down and died. You wouldn't have to worry about me making no lobs. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So, here, here, all I got is 100. All I'm giving is 100. Right. I ain't saying I'm giving 150. All I got is 100. God does not like anybody that pretends to be something they're not. Or to give something that they couldn't forgive, didn't forgive, excuse me. Verse 6, then some young men came forward, wow. wrapped up his body, and carried him out and buried him. They took him out. Mm -hmm. Wow. About three hours later, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. You would think that maybe something would have told her, you need to tell the truth. Yeah. All right, here we go. Peter asked her, tell me, is this the price you and Ananias got for the land? Gave her a chance. He gave her a chance, said, is this the price that, hey, you and your husband gave for the land? Yes. She said, this is the price. Come on. Well. Peter said to her, how could you conspire to test the spirit of the Lord? See, you're, you're testing the spirit of the Lord, people. That's why we don't do that. I don't want anybody to don't do that. Be truthful to the Lord. There's two people who know if you're lying or not. Satan and God. Satan knew they were lying in the other passive mm -hmm. passage that they didn't have the power that they thought they had. God knows you're lying because mm -hmm. he knows how much you promised to give. Mm -hmm. That's why we don't do pledges in here. Right. I don't want nobody to drop dead <laughs> in the church. <laughs> right. Peter went on to say, listen, the feet of the man who buried your husband are at the door. They will also carry you out. Wow. At that moment, she fell down to his feet and died. And then she died. Now, I don't know if God would do that. Today is in the New Testament, but I don't want to take a chance on it. That's right. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? Because we, we don't want the ushers having to pick up dead bodies up in here. Yeah, yeah. So we got to be careful. I want you to get the message. Sometimes don't try to be big and pretend you're big and say something because sooner or later you're going to pay for that something. Mm -hmm. And when the young man came, go ahead. 
Then the young men came in, finding her dead, carried her out, and buried her beside her husband. Now they buried beside her husband. This is the book of Acts. So that's why you hear, this is why for years we've never done that in this church. Because I don't want anybody to live a lie. Because you can get caught up in your senses or get caught up in your emotions and get to looking around what other people are doing and promise to do something other people are doing, but you don't have the means to do it. And then you have to lie about it. We don't do that. All right. Verse 11, great fear seized the whole church and all who heard about these events. And, and, and great fear was on the whole church. And it says church and heard about these events. This is why I'm preaching here today. Don't try to be a pretender. When we get, don't, don't never try to be a pretender. Do what you say you're going to do and that only. Do what you can do and that only. Yeah. Don't let your senses, your five senses, cause you to do more than you're supposed to do. Now I'm going to just talk to you a little bit. Not even about that. Don't make promises and pretend to, uh, to love somebody more than you really do. It's Valentine's Day. There's somebody sending a Valentine's card to somebody that's a lie. You don't, they don't really mean everything that somebody else wrote. I would rather for you to say Happy Valentine's Day than all, you see, in anything. Don't do that. Don't pretend to be somebody's friend. And you're not, quit pretending. We're not going, we don't, Christ Temple Northern Friends, we're not pretenders. We're not going to try to be the great pretenders over here. Be real in your life. Be truthful in your life. Don't ever, you don't have to pretend to be anything you're not. Amen. You don't have to be in a pretend to do anything you're not. There are people found going bankruptcy, mm -hmm. pretending that they got to keep up with the Joneses. Mm -hmm. You don't have to do that. Amen. You don't have to pretend to do anything that you're not. Be truthful. Okay, so we've heard Satan beat up some folks from lying, mm -hmm. all right? And we've seen the Holy Ghost kill some folks who were lying. Uh -huh. Jesus does one of, the, one of my favorite little stories. It's very short that Jesus does. It's one of the very, I mean, it's very important. And I want to talk to you all in here. As a Christian, you ought to be fruitful. Mm -hmm. As a Christian, you ought to be fruitful. Mm -hmm. All right? Mm -hmm. Here we go. Reading from now, Mark. Jesus had been working, I had to, because I cut some of this off. Jesus had been working and he had been doing some healing and, and uh, he had a long day. Now you can start. Reading from Mark chapter 11, verse 12 through 14 from the New King, uh, King James Version, verse 12. Now the next day, when they had come out, of, out from Bethany, he was hungry. Remember, this is Jesus. Remember, I told you all, he's 100% what? Divine and 100% human. Human, excuse me. And he had worked all hard that day. And he went to sleep that night and rested. And the Bible says that he was on his way to, uh, uh, he's coming from Bethany and he was hungry. And it's good sometimes to look at the human part of Jesus. It, it is good for us to, to understand that he was in the human body. He was in the body, 100% divine, 100% flesh. So uh, uh, you see, so he was just hungry. Jesus was hungry. And, and I'm gonna read this part here, okay? Because mm -hmm. I like this and seen from afar off. It means Jesus was, he was hungry and he looked from afar off. And what was he looking for? He looked from afar off and a fig tree having leaves. Well, is that strange? It was a fig tree having leaves. It said he was looking from afar off and he saw this fig tree having leaves. Well, that's a good sign because when a fig tree has leaves, a fig tree has fruit. Jesus is hungry and he looks from afar off and sees this fig tree having, yes, this fig tree having leaves. And so if it's got leaves, it's got fruit. Mm -hmm. yeah. 
Wow. And he went to see. Perhaps he could find something on it. He went to see if he could find something on it. He's hungry. It's got leaves and leaves are a sign that it's supposed to have fruit. And he came up to it and found nothing but leaves. Wow. How did he feel? Uh, this is a parable he's trying to use to tell us some things. Sometimes just perhaps Jesus uh, would come in here today. I mean, on earth today. And he sees uh, the pastor up in the pulpit uh, dressed up. I don't wear a robe, but he would act like I got one on. And pastor's got a robe on and he's preaching and he sees him from afar off and he hears pastor brother Trevor saying, oh, talking and preaching real loud. Well, surely if he gets up there, I got to go up there and hear this pastor. And because he's got leaves, he's, he's dressed like a pastor. He's dressed like a, yeah. And, and, and he's looking for fruit. Come on here. Maybe he hears a deacon. He sees a deacon. You got that? You got that title as a deacon. And so you, you act like a deacon or he hears a singer, a praise thing. Well, you're singing, you're singing and doing all this. And he goes up there, but he wants to know if there's any fruit. And then he gets up and finds out that you're nothing but leaves. There's no fruit. You're acting the part, yeah. pretending the part, yeah. but you're not fruitful. Mm-hmm. You understand? Now let's break it down to Christians. It is amazing to me, Christ Temple North, this is our challenge when we get back in here. If we are Christians, and, and the Bible says, put on Christ. Mm-hmm. That's in Galatians, you all know that. To put on Christ. If we are to put on Christ, and someone is hungry because we've put on Christ, they ought to be able to come to us and get some fruit. You're dressing like it. You're talking like it. Out there in the middle up on the hill, preaching all loud or singing all loud or testifying all loud. Mm -hmm. But do you have any fruit? You got the clothes. You got the mouth, you got the testimony, but are you fruitful? Let's see what Jesus thinks about this. In response, Jesus pronounced a curse on the tree and said to it, let no one eat fruit from you ever again. Jesus was upset. He told that tree, nobody's going to eat fruit from you again. And the only reason he was upset at the tree because he was using this for you and me. He wasn't upset at the tree because it wasn't fruitful. He was setting up upset at the tree because it had leaves. And if you got leaves, you ought to be fruitful. You see, he's not saying there, there are some people in the church is better off sitting quiet. Because <laughs> you ain't looking for nothing from them. But those that are that are talking the loudest. Preachers preaching the loudest or whatever in the church, he's going to come. Yes, okay. Are you fruitful? Mm-hmm. Are you fruitful or are you just dressed up? Mm-hmm. You see, some people, bless your hearts, some people got the robes, mm-hmm. some people got the titles. Yeah. They go on their jobs and they're telling people. I'm at the Missionary Baptist First Baptist Church. 
Zion such and such, you know how we do. And I'm a deacon in there. Or I'm a pastor there. I'm on the mother's board. I'm on the missionary board. I'm on the finance board. And they're telling everybody about what they do at the church and about their church. And then somebody hears them and come up and ask for, as Brother Isaac, because if you got the robe and you are a Christian, then you're supposed to have the love and the heart of Christ. Mm-hmm. And they're coming up to you wanting someone to pray with them, to counsel them, to love them. And they come up to you and find out that you know better off than them. Mm-hmm. The only difference that you have is a title in the church. But you have no fruit in the church. You have no long suffering. If I were to read it, Galatians 5 and 22, there's no fruit of the spirit in your life. Where's the fruit of the spirit? Love, long suffering, temperedness, and all those other things in Galatians 5 and 22. Are you fruitful? Christ Temple North, when we come back in here, we want our members to be fruitful. You don't need to be fruitful in here. You're supposed to be fruitful out there. You see? You're standing up on your job, telling everybody who you are. I go to Christ Temple North, or I go to whatever church you go to. I'm in a lot of this, people are Methodist. I'm Baptist, Pentecostal, and all of this stuff. But are you fruitful? This is the key. Are you fruitful? If God, Jesus, would come and he would come to your life today as an individual, would he find fruit? You just been talking it, but not walking it. You got to walk. Let your walk be your talk. Not your talk be your walk. Be fruitful. You see what I'm saying? If you're going to have leaves, you ought to have fruit. You see, it was the wrong season anyway. Yes, you read the Bible, it was the wrong season anyway. Look at me. You better wait till the right season to think that you're there. You may have the title and the position, but you ain't ready to be fruitful. Just because they offered it to you doesn't mean you need to take it. Sometimes it's good to tell people, I understand that you need that in the church. But I'm just, I don't want to be just leaves. I better wait till my season. So when my season comes, then I can bear fruit. And I can be fruitful. And God will approve of me. Say amen to that. Amen to that. And we thank Karen for stepping in. Sister Heather had some car problems. We thank you for stepping in. All right. And that's what we're supposed to be. And I'm said one time, don't allow your leaves to get ahead of your fruit. Don't take every position in church that somebody gives you. If you, wait a minute, you'll be okay in your season, but you got to wait till your season and then you'll have the leaves and the fruit. That's what we want to do in Christ's temple and Lord. Say amen to that. Say amen to that. Sister Gwen's going to lead us in prayer. Oh yes, oh yes. God is good all the time. And see, I remember a time when I would be preaching in the pulpit and I wasn't fruitful. But thank God I'm not just leaves, now I'm fruitful and I'm comfortable with that because I have the fruit 
with the anointing. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, thank you. Thank you, thank you, Lord. Brother Laird done a message on Saturdays. We're here cleaning up at, at 9.30, and he does, a, he does a, a, a little sermonette, and then we clean up. Anybody can come. We're here at Saturday at 9.30, and we'll give you something to do. And he talked about his life yes. before he got fruitful. Leaves, no fruit, but he talked about his life now, leaves with fruit. Amen, Amen brother Larry. First lady. All right, good morning, Christ Temple Northern friends. God bless you, happy Valentine's Day. As pastor has come forth and talked about the fruit and talked about what we give to God. And our prayer is that we are giving what is real that we are standing in a place in our Christian life that we are not fake people, but that we are truly giving God back to him what he gives us, which is real love, which is real uh, Christian walk, in our Christian walk. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we come to your throne of grace this morning thanking you for your loving kindness, your goodness, your grace, and your mercy that you've been sufficient for us, Lord. Father, we ask you to touch us, mind, body, soul, and spirit, Lord. Father, as we continue, Father, to grow in your grace and wax strong, Father, and become, Father, the God men and women that you would have us to be, Lord. Let us come, Father, being real, Lord. Let us come, Father, with a true heart, Lord, with an open mind to receive you, Lord, and to learn to love you, Father, and to walk in your ways and the ways you right. have us to, Lord. Let us not, Father, lead a life, Father, that of, of, of pretending, Father, of faking, Lord Jesus, of trying to be something that we're not, Lord. But let us be real, Father, for you have come real with us and made us real in the body, Lord. So let us be real in the spirit, Father, that we bring back to you. Father, let us be real in the spirit as we help and teach and guide one another, Lord. As we learn to love one another, Lord, let us love, Father, with a real love. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for all the blessings that you have bestowed upon us. We thank you, Father, for the abundance that you're giving us. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for the spoken word this morning, Father, that gives us the wisdom and knowledge and guides us through the Holy Spirit and where we must go, what we must do, how we must speak, how we must teach, and how we must love in our lives. We ask you, Father, to pour out your spirit and blessings more upon us, Lord, that we just be real, Lord, that we just be powerful, Father, in the ways that you would have us to be, and that we teach and love, Father, each other in the way that you would have us through the agape love. We thank you for the message. We thank you for the beautiful uh, song, Lord, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Father, for each other. We ask you to bless us in the um, name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we pray, and plead the blood of Jesus Christ of Nazareth up over all of us. We thank you. Amen, amen, and amen. 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 And you all remember, a lot of people leave church because other people pretend. That's why churches are not full. They're looking for the real. I want to speak. Am I off? No, I'm not off. Ladies, the ones that are here, it's our tradition. Listen to your pastor. The men will take care of that snow and ice on your car before you go out and give them the keys. Be obedient. Well, I ain't got a husband. I do it all the time myself. But in here, you got brothers in Christ. They'll take care of it. Yeah, that's how we do it. So, guys, let's go to work. It's what we do. Donna, it's good to see you. 